This is the FBCG Live Podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins, Sr. Today's message is titled, The Spirit That Overcomes Fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Instead, He's given us power, love, and a sound mind. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. Well, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we are glad and rejoicing in it. And we are counting down until we come back in the building on April the 3rd. And what we've been uh, encouraging us to do is to get yourself ready. Get yourself ready. Please don't wait until April the 10th to get ready. That's, that's going to be a week late. Try to be ready on April the 3rd. My wife likes to wait until we pull up to where we're going to put her shoes on and check her hairdo and make sure everything's in order. I'm saying to y'all, start getting ready now. Uh, I'm going to be talking about that in just a moment uh, because uh, all across the country, so many people uh, have decided not to return to church. The church attendance is down and it's, it's of concern. But you know, uh, I'm not stressed about it because First Baptist Church of Glenarden always exceeds our expectations. Amen. And I have high expectations that our members, our dedicated members, are going to make it their business uh, to be with us from here on out. Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for just a moment, then I'm going to dive into what I want to talk about this uh, today. And let me take a moment and thank the Lord for our, you know, we, we used to have a Zoom audience. Now we have a real small audience that comes in. Uh, so uh, we, we're, I'm grateful for the handful of people. You know, it's so much easier to preach to people than to preach to a camera. And uh, I'm grateful for those who are here today, uh, just a handful who are joining us as we get ready, as we begin to transition back into our live service. So won't you join me for just a moment of praying and interceding? Let's, let's pray. Father, your name is worthy to be praised and you're worthy to be glorified. How excellent is your name in all of the earth. How marvelous are your ways. You are worthy to be praised and glorified and uplifted. And we thank you, Father, for your goodness to us, saving us, cleansing us, washing us, delivering us. You have been a wonder to our souls. And we don't take it for granted, almighty God, that you have spared our lives and forgiven us of our sins and washed us clean and anointed us for your, your service and for your kingdom. And for that, Father, I, we say thank you. We pray today that you would be in charge and rule our day, our week, our lives. Pray that you would orchestrate and order our steps, that, Father, we would be submitted to what your will is for our life. We're praying for the unsaved to get saved, the backslidden to be restored, the unsure those who are unsure of their eternal destiny to get assurance and for the uncommitted to become committed to your kingdom. We pray that you would rule and reign. We pray that you'd meet the needs of your sons and daughters today is my prayer. We pray today, Father, and intercede for the drama that's going on not only in our country but around the world. We pray for the families in the Ukraine and the challenges that they face with the actions of yet another country. And we pray, Father, 
uh, that you would forgive us of our sins. We thank you that you have forgiven us of our sins. You have made provisions for our sins to be washed away. And we pray that you would now put a shield around this place, rebuke every distracting spirit, almighty God, and allow the Holy Spirit to have free reign to do and say what he chooses and wants to say and do. Let me be your instrument. Let me be your conduit. Let me be the channel for your truth to prevail. Give me clarity of thought and clarity of words. Give me, Father, let your anointing fall on these words to break chains and cause the unsaved to get saved and lives to be transformed, the discouraged to be encouraged. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you again for hearing our prayer. Is our, this is our prayer. This is what we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Praise the Lord. All right. God bless you. Open, open your Bibles with me to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, the Apostle Paul writes this uh, epistle to his son, his ministerial son, his, his son in the ministry who he uh, wants to give instructions to him on leading the church. Timothy has the responsibility and the assignment of leading the church in Ephesus, and he is their pastor. But Paul, in this second letter to him, is giving him instructions, guidance, direction on the leadership he is to provide to the church in Ephesus. And at the very beginning of the second letter to Timothy in chapter 1, he begins by reaffirming the fact that he has confidence in his the faith that is in him, that the God that is in him, that, that he has, um, uh, he says in verse number five, I remember uh, the genuine faith that was in you. When I call to remember the genuine faith that's in you. I've, I've noted the faith that you have. And I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, but I also noted it in your grandmother and your mama. How many of y'all know that grandma and mama make a difference in all of our lives? And he says, and I am persuaded that that same faith is in you. Therefore, he says in verse 6, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul is saying, Timothy, I've laid hands on you. And I know that God has transferred the anointing that is in me in you. And I'm reminded for you to stir up that gift that's in you. I want you to, don't let it lie dormant. Don't let it go to sleep. And then he says this to him in verse Number seven, and this is what I want to preach to you about today, verse number seven. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Wow, that's, the, you know, we've quoted that verse a million times. I want to talk about it for just a few moments. And I want to talk about the spirit that overcomes fear. That's what I want to talk about, the spirit that overcomes fear. Fear. I want to talk about fear because I am, I am, uh, I feel led of the Lord to challenge you and I to recognize that we don't allow fear to govern our decisions. A lot of people make choices and decisions, and those choices and decisions are fueled and governed, unfortunately, by a spirit of fear. And I, I feel led of the Lord and challenged of God. To, to speak to us today that we don't let fear rule and govern the choices and decisions that we make. And yet so many people are making choices birthed out of fear. Yeah. 
So a lot of people haven't gone back to church because they're scared. They're afraid. And I'm, I'm saying to you, we, can't let, we cannot let fear govern us. I know some of you uh, have, haven't gone back to church because you're scared. I'm gonna talk, that's what I want to talk about. And I know some of y'all haven't, haven't come back to church or won't come back to church because you like the convenience of watching church from your bedside. The name of the church is not Bedside Baptist Church. Amen. It's not Kitchen Table Baptist Church. It's not Living Room Baptist Church. Even though if, if you have no choice, I know there's some people that can't leave. They don't have the capacity, but you have the capacity. You have your arms, your legs, your feet. You have the capacity. You got a car, you got transportation, you got a way to get there. There ought to be, if you can get up and go to work, if you can get up and do work and go to your job, you ought to be able to get up and come to church. If you can get up and go to the store, if you can go to the club, <laughs> if you can go to the game, you ought to be able to go to, to the house of God. Isn't God worthy of your praise and your worship and your adoration isn't God worthy of you carving out an hour or two of your time to give him the worship the scripture tells us in Hebrews forsake not the assembling together of yourselves that means if you have the capacity and the ability to be able to make it to church you ought to you ought to do that I'm calling for our global members and our national members all over the country and the world to try to Ask God to give you the resources, the time, and the ability to make a pilgrimage to the First Baptist Church of Glenard because there is something spectacular that happens in our worship experiences. You feel the presence of God. You sense the glory of God. God feels the tabernacle. I can only think of the, the many, many times that we, we did. Some days I never even get to preach because the power of God is so awesome in the building. And lives are so impacted and people, are, people get saved some days even before we even preach the gospel. God talks to you even in the midst of the presence of the people of God. There's something spectacular, spectacular, anointed, amazing in the presence of God. And so we, we want you to start getting ready. We want you to start preparing. We want you to start to move. But while we're getting ready for that, in your everyday choices and decisions, I want to talk to you about how you make your choices and your decisions. And I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that there's a huge number of people uh, who make choices that are birthed out of fear. They're scared. They're scared of, of what they may decide or what they may do. There's a, there's a level of anxiety and fear. And the apostle Paul talks to Timothy and he says him to this. I only got four points. Here's the first thing he says. He says in verse, this is all in verse seven, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Y'all see that in verse number seven. Let me read it again. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Stick a pen right there. Boom. Stick a pen right there. Number one, point one, God has not, God has not, capitalized not, N-O-T, God has not given us a spirit of fear. fear. Fear comes from the enemy. That's his domain. That's his battleground. That's, his, that's, that's how he controls and operates because he functions out of fear. And, and I know and I recognize that when fear comes in the table, when fear comes on the scene, when fear comes in the domain of our lives, when, 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 he, when fear shows up, we know it came from the enemy. 
That word fear means to be timid. It means to be a coward. It means to be scared. And we know right now that when fear enters the arena, it did not come from God. Look at your neighbor and say, fear didn't come from God. Fear can lead you to making illogical decisions, ungodly decisions. When you allow fear to govern your life, you are operating in a realm that God never intended for you to live in. And so I want to challenge you today. Point number one, I want to proclaim it and declare it that you will miss God if you allow fear to come into your life. And matter of fact, when, when you let Mr. and Mrs. Fear come in your life, Mr. and Mrs. Fear give birth to their children called anxiety and worry. And you don't want to be, you don't want to let them children show up in your camp. You don't want anxiety and worry. Some of you can't sleep at night because you're anxious. Some of you are worrying day in and day out. You can't do anything. You're stressed out. Your health is impacted because you've allowed anxiety and worry to come and dominate you. But it's all birthed out of your, your thinking, your, the spirit of fear that has entered into the domain of your life. You got to learn not to allow fear to control your life. And so I want to challenge you today to number one, think about uh, 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 consider what you're thinking. Consider what you are giving weight to in your thought life. God has not given us a spirit of fear. I've been preaching and saying that for 30 plus years now to this church and, and yet so many people are still allowing fear to control their lives. People are making life-altering decisions birthed out of fear. God never introduces or uses fear as a mechanism to get you into the place he wants you to go. Instead, that spirit comes from Satan because he knows if he can scare, scare you, if he can make you afraid, he knows he can drive you in the direction that you want to go. What I've determined and what I've decided to do in my life is that when I see fear showing up, I show the devil I ain't, I ain't timid, I ain't scared, I ain't running in the direction you want me to go. I go in the direction of my fears. I do the opposite of what fear wants me to do. Go on and preach, Pastor Jenkins. I'm doing the best that I can. I go in the opposite direction of where fear is calling for me to go to. I don't let fear drive my choices, and neither should you. God has not given us a spirit of fear. That's the number one thing I want to tell you. Here's number two. It says right here, this is all in verse number seven. Here's what he has given us. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but what he has given us, it says, but he's given us a spirit of power. He has given us an attitude, a posture of power. Somebody say power. Power. That's what, that's what I want you to know. God has given us a spirit of power power. That word power means might. It means, it's a Greek word, dynamis. It's, it's, it's from where we get the word dynamite. It means an explosion. That's what it means, an explosion. The word explosive, it's explosive. It, it, it's a word that's declaring that God, listen to this, here's what you got to get this. When God put, decides to put something in you, and this is what's in you, uh, he, the scripture says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We're, his spirit and his anointing is in us, and he gives us a, a, a spirit of power. He anoints us. He gives us the authority. He gives us the grace. He gives us the, 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 the power. And I, I love that right there. God has put something inside of you. Some of you don't even know what power you have inside of you. 
God has put a power in you to be able to have, have an anointing to do something that maybe in your own strength and your own abilities and your own know-how you can't do. But what I'm excited about is we, I have witnessed and I recognize that God gives me the power to do something that in my own knowledge and my own skills and my own abilities I cannot do, but by the power of the resurrected Savior, he has anointed and given me power and you power to do what it is you cannot do in your own ability. And here's what that means. That power he puts in you is greater than any power that the enemy can aim against you. It's greater. Greater is he that is in you. 1 John 4 and 4. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Greater is the anointing that's in you. Get that in your head. Greater is the power God has given us. He gave it to you. He has deposited in you. He has put it in you. It's there. When you accepted Jesus in your life, he stepped into your life at the same time. Y'all missed a great spot to say amen. I'm saying to you today, that power, that anointing, that gifting, that spirit, God has put it in you. Power, power, power to do right, power to live right, power to think right, power to stay right. He put a power in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He's given us power. But he didn't stop there. Not only did he give us a spirit of power, but of love. Agape. That's what that word there means. He, give, he has given us love. God has given us love. What does that mean? He gave us the capacity and the ability to love. You know what I'm tired of hearing people say? I don't love them no more. Love is a choice, not a feeling. Too many people think that love has to do with your emotions and how they feel. No, 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 no. That's not what love is. It's a, it's a conscious choice that you make of, of caring about something or someone. That's what love is. That's, that's what it is. God says, and, I've, and I have given you a spirit and the capacity to love. Oh, y'all, there's another thing y'all got quiet on right there. Let me, let me break that down for you because, because the bottom line is the devil wants you to think that you have to, you have to uh, feel something. He wants you to feel, he wants you to think that love is associated with your feelings. Yeah. No, 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 no. If I made choices based on how I felt, I didn't felt like cussing a whole lot of people out. But I'm praising the Lord. I haven't cussed nobody out all day today. Come on, give the Lord a shout today. I ain't cussed nobody out today. It's not based on feelings. 
God wants you and I to know that he's put something in. He has given us a posture that the devil cannot operate in. He cannot operate in love, but God has anointed you to be able to operate in love. You see, love is greater. That's, that's, an, that's a great power. That's a great spirit. That's a great capacity that God gives you and I the capacity and the ability to be able to love, guess what, unlovable people. Yeah. I, and I'm giving God, I'm, I'm giving him praise and giving him thanks because uh, agape love is a love uh, that God wants you to operate in, do something in the best interest of somebody else other than yourself. I need to pause and stick a pen. I heard somebody say, how about that? I don't know where that came from, but how about that? Yeah, how about that? Because most, most people operate within the capacity of what's in their personal best interest. But when God gives you, a, gives you love, he gives you the ability to do something that you naturally would not do. Yeah, he gives you the capacity and the ability to, to, to do something that your natural, nasty self, flesh, won't do. He, he gives you the capacity to love. And it's, and, oh Lord, slow down. Somebody say, slow down, Pastor. It's the greatest posture and the greatest attitude that God could give anybody is the capacity to love somebody else. He gives you the capacity to love the unlovable. He gives you the capacity to do it. And God demonstrated this love for us when Jesus went to the cross to show us what it looked like. We used to sing a song years ago, says Jesus went to Calvary to save a wretch like you and me. That's love. He sacrificed his life and gave his life. That's agape love. He gave with hopes of getting nothing in return. That's what love is. Agape love is giving without any expectation of getting something back. Yeah, if you, if you do something, if you give somebody something, but you're looking for them to do something back to you, that's, not, that, that's, that's, that's a level of love, but it is not agape love. God says, I've given you a spirit of agape love. I've given you the capacity to love without expecting anything back. I don't know how y'all feel about it, but I'm super happy about that. I'm so glad that God has given me the capacity to love someone else unconditionally. That's, the, that's, that's my third point here today, that he, he's given us that ability to love somebody. And even though it doesn't come naturally to me, he demonstrates to us. And he did it for us. That's exactly what Jesus did for us. I need to tell somebody here today, watching this broadcast, whoever you might be, wherever you might be, that I don't care what you've done, where you've been, how low you have fallen, how, how distasteful your actions have been. God sent his son Jesus to die for you. For God so agape you, God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus went to the cross to die and sacrificed his life and gave up his life because God loved you. 
not because of what you've done or not did, not because of who you are or what you've achieved or how much you've earned or what community you lived in or the color of your skin. It has nothing to do with your educational levels of achievement. It has nothing to do with your personality because we all jacked up from the floor up. We are messed up people. He loved us in spite of ourselves, in spite of our wretchedness. And somebody I'm talking to today needs to understand God loves you just as you are. Before you fix yourself up, before you change, before you get altered into another place, he loved you just where you are. And if you would surrender your life to him, he would pick you up, cleanse you, wash you, love you, and set you in his kingdom and use you for his glory. And he'll give you the capacity to do for others the same thing he did for you. That's what, this, that's what this passage means. He gives you the capacity to love somebody. Yeah, yeah, so, some of you are hating on people. You need God. You need to know God can give you the capacity to love. Let me close with my last point, and I'll be finished. I get out of your hair. I'll leave you alone. It's point four. Not only did God give us Thanks be to God. Not only did he not give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us power, a spirit of power and a spirit of love, and he gave us a sound mind. You know what the word sound mind means? Reasonable, decent. Y'all don't get those words? Here's a word you get. He gives you common sense. Some, some, some of y'all are making choices that just don't make sense. I wish I had a praying crowd. I thought, I thought, we, we, I thought we had a barometer that when the people came in here, that we let them come in and they would be the amen people. Did they, did they ask y'all that question? Uh, I thought this was the amen crowd. But I, uh, 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 I, I hear them from over here. I'm not sure about this crowd over here. God gives us, he said, I'm going to give you the capacity. I'm going to give you a spirit to help bring you into your, yourself, to bring you to common sense. <laughs> People be making stupid choices, crazy decisions, acting foolishly. And, 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 and here's the deal. The enemy wants you to operate according to his lies. He wants to bring to the table his concepts, his ideas, his thoughts, his lies, and he wants you to make decisions based on that. Our country is greatly divided today because there's a whole bunch of people who listen to satanic lies. And it's, it's troubling to me that the devil is so successful in making people think twisted and crazy and do stupid things but I want you to know that God wants you and I to have the right mind and to have a sound mind and to have a reasonable mind and to have some common sense. A lot of people are operating in this world that just don't make common sense. And my, my praise today, cause I might as well be honest with you, I, I haven't always thought straight. Look at your neighbor say, neither have I. Don't, don't just say, look at the person sitting next to you say, I, don't, I have not always thought straight. Sometimes I've been confused. 
Sometimes I didn't know which way was up and which way was down. Sometimes there have been times in my life and your life when we have thought stupid things and made stupid decisions and acted in stupid ways. Has anybody, let me ask y'all, has anybody here looked back at your life and said to yourself, what was I thinking when I did that? What came across my mind? Why would I have done such a thing? Because you listened to the enemy, that's why. But thanks be to God when you came under the umbrella of the Lord Jesus and allowed him to call the shots in your life. He's a God that has the power and the ability. He says, I'm giving you a spirit of a right mind, a sound mind, proper thinking. So you won't be skewed and won't go down the road and make bad choices and bad decisions and go down the wrong route and the wrong road. He says, I'm giving you a sound mind. And I'm giving God praise to that, that I can make choices and decisions now, knowing that it's based on common sense. Now, I, I feel tension in the room. Somebody said, but Pastor, what, what about faith? Sometimes God tells you to do something that don't make common sense. That's true. Sometimes the Lord does do it, but you need to make sure that what you heard is from God and not from the enemy. Yeah. Yeah, some of y'all are quitting your jobs and you ain't got another job. Don't jump off the horse you're on until a faster horse comes running by. Somebody will get that. Somebody will get that later. You got a family to take care of. You got bills to pay. Y'all can say amen back here, can't y'all? No, but I, don't, I, know, I know y'all can sing. Well, sing amen. If you can't say amen... Say, say, amen. Say, say something like that. <laughs> I ain't heard no amens from back here from the praise and worship team. I didn't hear y'all. Y'all been with me the whole time? Well, I need y'all to be with me louder. Grab the mic and put it up to the mic or do something. That I, can, that I got some amens. Because it's hard to preach to a camera where ain't nobody talking back to you. You understand what I'm saying to you? I, I, hold, hold on for me. I'm just, I'm just, all I'm trying to say, I, I was about to make a profound statement. Oh, I know what I was about to say. Is, is, is sometimes God will tell you to do stuff that doesn't make common sense. But you need to make sure that what you heard came from God. And how do you know if it comes from God? It won't violate this word right here. Y'all say amen. It won't violate the word. If you feel God told you something, you better find a scripture somewhere to affirm it, to declare that in fact it came from God because God will never violate his word. Uh, I done heard people come and tell me stuff that God told them to do that is the opposite of the word of God. And my challenge is to tell you today, don't make foolish choices and decisions. Uh, uh, allow God to guide you with sa a sound mind. Now, here, here's the best decision you can make right now is to say yes to Jesus. That's the number one decision you can make right now. Yield to him. Choose to follow and serve him. I don't know who I'm preaching to. I don't know who you are, but I know, you, I know you're right there watching. The most sound choice you can make is surrender your life to the Lord Jesus. That, that's, that's, that's the most amazing decision you can make. 
totally surrender to him. Not halfway, not partially, but 100% all the way yield to him. That's the best choice you can make. You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. The power that God puts in you is greater than any power that the enemy could aim against you. If you've been blessed by this message and you'd like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week.